Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the station bringing you every Broncos game. Touchdown, Denver! This is Broncos Country Tonight. Presented by Betfred Sports. Never miss a bet with Betfred Sports on KOA. Broncos Country Tonight, Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright. we got a big show for you today. As always, check it out, broncoscountrytonight.com. Better yet, subscribe to the podcast. That way you never miss an episode of the show. we got Coach Kelly making his return to the show. Uh, we had him on, oh, I don't know, about a month ago. And, boy, it feels like a year ago at this point of all the things that have happened, especially some of the drama. But we'll talk to Coach Kelly about how to fix Russ Wilson, how to get the best out of him in these final six weeks, what you look at into the offseason, those kinds of things. Some really fascinating points. I, I'm excited to get to when it comes to his footwork and it comes to design of the offense, all those things. We'll get to that with Coach Kelly. And then George Stoya from the Gazette, one of our favorites. He's going to join us in studio here as uh, we're going to kind of break down some of the rumors that have been swirling around, the stuff that happened with uh, Justin Simmons and Mike Kliss. I don't know if uh, you guys have seen any of that, but uh, that is in the locker room a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to get too much into the nuts and bolts of that, Ben, because I, I, I think some of that is, is really kind of in-house. But we'll talk to him about the role of media, and I think that's going to be a fun conversation. And uh, hi. How are you doing? <laughs> Good. A little bit of a long ramp up there. We have a lot to get to over the course of the show. Now, I was, I was watching uh, J.T. O'Sullivan and his breakdown of the Broncos-Panthers game mm-hmm. on the offensive side of the ball. And I don't know, it, it sort of occurred to me, first of all, what we already knew, that there's a lot of things wrong with this team. And I, I, I watch every game at least two to three, if not four times sometimes, depending on the game. And, and so the things he's pointing out, there are a couple, a couple things that I, I like the nuance. He talked about some of the blocking issues that they've had, uh, some of the receivers, some of their issues. Uh, but, you know, in the end... Um, you know, Russell Wilson, man, uh, the footwork stuff, the, the stuff that he, he really spent some extra time on, that's the part that it feels like it needs to be addressed immediately. Yeah, and but the problem is, is that there are things that, that need to be addressed that I don't think you can address in season. You know, you talk about the, you know, Russell Wilson, we, you know, he does have some footwork issues and, and, and there are mechanical issues, but I think a large part of that and, and I can tell you from my personal perspective is when you're afraid you're about to get decked, you're, you're not thinking about mechanics. You're yeah. just trying to grip it and rip you it. You're trying, to, you're trying to get the thing out there as quick as you can. Yeah. You're not thinking about pointing your toe to your receiver. You're not thinking about and, – and the problem is, is that makes it all worse. You know, substantially, it, 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 right? So you're not, you're just, you just don't think about that stuff. You, you just come to the line, and I'm not saying you're scared, but you come to the line, you're like, I don't want to, I just don't want to get hit, dude. I don't want to get teed off on by uh, Brian Burns again, you know? And so you come to the line, you got that kind of thought in your head. You're, you're, you're going through your pre snap stuff, and, and you're kind of fatigued because you don't, and so you start, you're like, all right, they're showing me middle of the field closed. All right, he's got the, you know, showing outside leverage. All right, he's got, you know, the, and, and, and you miss stuff. You miss a, a very easy A-gap blitz because you got a linebacker that's showing you everything, but you're just tired. You're kind of like, you know, mentally fogged and rolling through stuff. And you and you know you got to get it out quick because you know you got to get decked. I, I think that a lot of the problems, I think that the, the biggest thing that they could put any emphasis on right now is finding ways to protect Russ. If you can protect Russ, some of the rest of the problems will solve themselves. 
You know, uh, if you could find ways to get extra protection, whether that's it's more play action, whether that's max protect sets, whatever that is, or just flat out running the football more and staying consistent with it, whatever you can do with that, that's that'll shore up a lot of it. That's that's to me. I'm looking at this thing. There's so many things wrong yeah. that it's tough to pick one out. To me, that solves the most. Let's just protect Russ. Right. Let's start there. And if we if we can if we can nail that down, then we can start picking on receivers that aren't getting open or dropping balls. You know, th- then we can start looking at other things. But that that's the main thing. It's the offensive line, the run game, and the and the blockage and the blocking in general. Like it's gotta you, you've got to find a way to protect this quarter billion dollar investment that you are tied to. Yeah, because you don't want him shaken either with his confidence. Right. I mean, it's already shaken, but you don't want it shaken beyond that. Right. Knowing that, hey, we, we gotta find some kind of constructive something to build on here uh, down down the stretch. And I, I'm with you. I, I, I do think we pointed this out a couple of weeks ago based on something Russ had said, how we want to be good at everything. Remember when, when I, I kind of mm-hmm. went off on that? I was like, wait a minute, you're, you're, not, you're not that team right now. Don't be good at everything. Be good at one thing. Let's, let's be good at one thing. And, and I think you, you're, you're kind of hitting it right there. It's like, as I'm watching J.T. O'Sullivan's breakdown, I'm thinking about it in terms of, okay, well, you know, Russ, Russ has got these issues. The blocking's got these issues. Now you're you're looking at the running game and and even pass pro because you don't have your start your two running backs that you started the season with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're having issues there, and you got undrafted receivers out there running skinny when they need to be giving him a better, better target. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of things going on, but you 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 hit it right there. What can you do? What can you focus in here? And I know, listen, I know this is a tough team to run on against the Baltimore Ravens. But if you get any kind of a ground game going, it could have a bit of a cascade effect the other way. We talk about all these things. They feed into each other, mm-hmm. right? Russ having problems, the offensive line having problems, the receivers having I mean, It all feeds into it. If you get one thing right, the rest of it might start to tip the other way. I, I think you can do that, too. I think you can set micro goals. We're going to have 100 yards rushing as a team this game, or 120, or 150, whatever, whatever the, the, the watermark that you're setting for yourself, right? And we're going to commit to that. And we're going to practice that all week, and that's what we're going in there. We're going to attack them at their strength, and we're going to get them. We're going to prove that we can do something. I liken it to, to buying a project house, right? You, you walk in, and you're like, man, everything is wrong with this place, and it's overwhelming. Where do I start? Well, let's fix the front porch. You know? Let's just get a win. Let's just fix something so that we get a win. And, and I'm like, what, what provides the greatest amount of, okay, we're going to fix the plumbing. All right? Yeah. We're going to go through and fix all the plumbing. All right? The thing may still look bad, but the bones will be good, you know. And so, so that's the thing. Like you, you've got to set yourself little goals so that you can get wins. And once you get wins, you start to get confidence. And once you get confidence, you start to make plays. And those plays lead to real world game wins and not just situational wins. Do you think some of the outside? I, I know that players say they they don't pay attention to the outside noise. Mm-hmm. That they try their best to, to shut it all out. And I, I I commend the ones that can to some extent. Some of them, whether they shut down Twitter for the year or whatever. I know Dalton has been one of those guys that just doesn't doesn't doing Twitter right now for that reason. Mm-hmm. But do you think some of that's starting to, to seep in a little bit to some of these guys? I think so. I mean, obviously, we're seeing short fuses in the locker room now. So we, we know that some of this stuff is, is, is drizzling through. You know, I, I think the, the outside noise, the constant barrage of outside noise... I think that is. I think it weighs on you, too. I think, you know, these guys aren't oblivious. They have the internet. You know? They, they go home, and their families have the internet. Their they kids go to the grocery store, right? have the yeah. internet. 
and uh, you know, then they they hear your friends, and so the, the people that the loved ones, the people yeah. they talk to, and they're all, did you see so and so said this about you? Did you see so? What's the truth on so and such and such? What's going on with you? Really, nobody really go to the birthday party, you know? Uh, and so that, that that's all that stuff. You, you they hear it. Like even the guys who tell you, like Vic Vic Fangio used to tell you, they didn't pay any attention to that stuff, right? Well, let me let you all in on a secret. Vic Fangio literally had someone on staff whose job it was to get there at 5.30 in the morning and cut up all the newspaper articles and, and print out and cut up all the internet articles and tweets and everything that they'd said the night before so he could spend an hour going over them before he started practice, before he started the game plan. He wanted to see what all the people were saying about him. Even the guy, And he was telling you that he wasn't reading it. He had someone special doing it. They all see it. They see it all. It does weigh on you. Now, Vic used it as motivation. He liked to, he, he had that little, oh, yeah, in did. the back of his mind, he's like, oh, they think this about me. I'll show them. That was the thing. The main one uh, was the Dallas thing. Yeah. You know? We he, talked everybody about was talking about Kellen Moore being the wonderkind. And I remember when a lot of you guys were telling me Kellen Moore needed to be the new head coach here at the Denver Don't, Broncos. don't look at me on that. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking okay. to the audience. Because uh, we got a lot of texts yeah. on that. Everybody was pushing back on I my, was all about Daniel Hackett. Oh, everybody was pushing on my Dan <laughs> Quinn thing, saying I was an idiot. And now, you know, it, it's it's a little different temperature in the room now. But the, the you know, the Kellen Moore thing before that Dallas game, and I, I talked to some people there, and they, I don't know what it was, and I don't know why they couldn't manufacture that motivation for every game. But in that a perfect storm moment where those coaches, both of them actually, Vic and, and Pat Shermer, Said, oh, they're talking about these two guys as mine. I'm going to come out here and show you how. I'm going to show you that I can outcoach them. And they did. They did. Pat Shermer outcoached Dan Quinn in that game. He did. And I remember Vic Fangio outcoached Kellen Moore in that game. And I remember after the fact, and especially when you started in on, I think Dan Quinn should be the next guy. People were like, well, didn't didn't this well, didn't we see team? this against this game? Yeah. yeah. But I don't know why that was the one game that that staff got up for. But they, they used to do that. So it does, it, they, they do, to make the you know, short story super long, they see it. The players see it. The coaches see it. Everybody sees it. You think Nathaniel Hackett doesn't know what people are saying about him? You think George Payton doesn't know what people are saying about him? So it all gets through, and it does weigh on. You can tell you that it doesn't affect you, but I, I know from personal experience it does. You remember when we were going through all that stuff with the barstool nut jobs? Oh, and yeah. saying I faked my military service and all that? You think, dude, that stuff was weighing on me. And I, know was, I, and I know I served. As, as, I was there. As somebody that sat here with you every single day for that, I know right. it weighed on you. So, and, and, you know, and the people kept lobbing just, just ridiculous accusation after ridiculous accusation. I'm like, dude, you could just do a records request and see all this stuff isn't true. But it starts to, at first, I thought that would solve it. It didn't. And so it just, it just weighs on you. And, and the constant barrage, the negativity, the toxicity, you see it. And as a player, I can't, you know, it's multiplied for them. For me, I, I mean, I'm nobody. It's whatever. But for them, you know, I mean, you're talking about players that are in the national spotlight every day. And that stuff, it does weigh on you. So, yes, I do think that that is weighing, and I do think it's affecting them. Okay, well, I, I guess the other way to, to take that, and as professional athletes, it's not like they haven't done this before, but use it a bit as motivation. I wonder if there's a game whether it's the Ravens game or even maybe even that Chiefs game uh, that they, they're, they're going to circle and get up for. you know, Because at some point, there is pride in what you do. And, and there's a lot of pride in that locker room. They're not, they might be beat down by the season to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. You're certainly seeing some of that on the defensive side of the ball mm-hmm. late in that Carolina game. Mm-hmm. You're getting beat down, right? But, man, if you're going to put together a little of a last stand... You know, I was talking to DJ Jones yesterday, and... I just, you know, where are you at? Where, where, where's the defense? Hey, we're not quitting. We're, we're still in this thing. 
Um, we're not mathematically eliminated. I mean, we'll see what happens when they are mathematically eliminated, what that does. But at least right now, I, what's that game for this team where they say enough? Like, Dallas was that uh, that game, right? I mean, they, they they weren't spectacular thereafter. I mean, they got the win over, like, the Lions in Washington, right? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, whatever. The, those teams weren't playing very good football at that point. They had a chance at Cincinnati, right? I mean, at home. But, but it seems like there's a game coming here for this team. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know how they're going to do it. But it seems like there's going to be some kind of switch that is flipped, if you know what I'm saying. I think there, I, there's going to be a, a damn breaks moment. Yeah. The question is which way that breaks. Does it break like the Broncos under Vance Joseph when they just quit in the middle of a football game? Yeah. Or does it break like the Dallas game where all of a sudden you come together galvanized in that one moment? You're like, yeah, we're putting it to these these clowns. Forget everybody that's been talking about us. We we can hang. Our expectation should be to win, not to lose. And, you know, it's a shame that that didn't carry forward uh, the rest of the season for the Broncos after that last year. But, uh, you know, it, it, there is it does have to go one way or the other here soon. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, so, you're, you're like, treading. The, the right? question is, which way is it going? Yeah, I mean, in fact, you're more... No, you're really treading. You're underwater right now. Well, you're but underwater, I mean, but you gotta, you know, you either gotta commit to the drown or you gotta pull yourself out of it. <laughs> right. That's it. That, there you go. There you go. Good, good analogy there. So, so speaking of the the switch getting flipped. All right, on the offensive side of the ball, and again, we're gonna talk to Coach Kelly coming up in the next segment. Get his thoughts on where the offense is at and what they can do in this this process. But what if it could happen for the quarterback? All right, if there's something that Russ can be a catalyst for, this game or otherwise. Um, how, how does that how does that look exactly? Because I, I, I was watching not only what we've seen from our, our guy Tim Jenkins all year, but even J.T. O'Sullivan's. I'm watching that. There are moments where Russ is making plays. There, there are. It's not like it's it's in the entirety of the game that he's missing wide open guys or he's taking stupid sacks that he mm-hmm. shouldn't take and holding the ball too long. Right? Yeah, he's got some footwork things, but once in a while he does some stuff. And, and you're thinking, okay, there it is, there it is. Can you just build on that? Mm-hmm. So if he's going to be the catalyst, and that switch is going to get flipped. What can Russ do in this very game coming up to at least show us some signs of it? I, I think it's just trying to play within yourself. You know, I think that early on in the game, you need to make sure that you're making throws. You know, you're putting your, yourself in the highest percentage chance to be able to convert a play into something positive. And if something isn't there, then I think the idea is take off with your legs. You know, if, you, if you're, if you're, and I know the hamstring's a little tweaked, you know, or whatever, but he's able to move a little bit. And I, I think if you're, if you're Russell Wilson right now, I think that you got to show these guys, hey, I'm gutting it out for. If I'm going to take all this money, so, yeah, right. If I'm going to take all this money, right, right. And if I'm taking bread off somebody's table, or if I'm, if I'm the guy who's, who's, you know, who they have to trade somebody to recoup picks for what they cost to acquire me, I got to show you that it's worth. I got to show you that I'm gutting it out more than you. That's what I want to see. And that's what I would need to see. I need to see an 80-yard on the ground game from Russell Wilson on 12 carries. You know, gutsy seven yards at a time, taking hits. Like, guys, come on, let's go. We're getting this bleeping first down. I'll put it on my back if I got to. If you're not open, I'll run for it. You know, and and, and be that guy and put it all on the line. And And I think we're at that point. I think that if Russ is going to inspire people to follow him in the future years that he's going to be here, if he's going to make a case that says, hey, you guys, Sign with Denver. I'm going to make this team a winner. This is the moment to do it against a Baltimore Ravens football team that is known for physicality, and you put the team on your back, and you're going shoulder to shoulder with those guys, and you're willing to pick up the yards. If you're willing to do that kind of stuff, yeah, yeah, man, I'll come out there and put the pads on. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% no one with wants you. That. No, no, one, <laughs> no one wants that. I, no, I'm with you, though, because we can all, I'm, I was trying to think about moments in the season that I can even think about. Like, like the, he's had those kind of drives, right? The Jacksonville game. 
He had a drive like that where he picked up some yards with his legs there when he needed to, when they absolutely needed him to do it, he did it. The 49ers game, towards the end of the game, they had that, that long drive for the touchdown, capped it off. They ended up winning that game. I, but there aren't a lot of those, right? That's, that's why you have that dude. Like That's why you have that quarterback in the building. It, you know, Because people right now are like, well, you had more points with, <laughs> with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke and, and all these other quarterbacks. It's like, but those guys don't have the clutch gene that you look for in an elite quarterback. And Russ has shown enough of that. I don't think he's forgotten how to do that. So he's just got to mentally put himself there. He's got to rise above the fact that his receivers are all undrafted players. He's got to rise above the fact that the offensive line is doing everything it can and the run game is doing everything he can. And I, it's difficult. But this, you're right. He's got to find a couple more moments down the stretch here where he can point to and say, this is why you need to stay with me. This is why we as a team, even if we lose the coach, this is why we're going to get it done. Yeah, and, and I think the other part of this to remember, because you circled the drain on a great point there for just a second, that I wanted to point out that's tangential, but I want to point it out. It doesn't matter if the locker room likes you. Locker room loved Teddy Bridgewater. They did. Loved him. Can't win with him. Didn't win. Yep. Does not. At the end of the day, it's about wins and losses. I don't care. Like for me, and it's not this job, but there's been other jobs where I haven't liked people. But you got to accomplish the mission. You got to do whatever it is that you're there to do. As Josh McDaniels would say, do your job. <laughs> all right. We'll talk with Coach Kelly about all that next. Broncos Country Tonight, KOA. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. From the station bringing you every Broncos game. Touchdown, Denver! This is Broncos Country Tonight, presented by Betfred Sports. Never miss a bet with Betfred Sports on KOA. Broncos Country Tonight, Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright. Let's head out to the KOA Centura Health Hotline and bring on Kevin Kelly, at Coach Kelly one on Twitter. And, of course, we had him on, oh, just recently, and big, big response from a lot of our listeners. So we're happy to have you back on the show. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great, doing great. How are you guys? We're doing great. Uh, I mean, we'd be better under some different circumstances with uh, the team. And <laughs> kind of what I was thinking. That's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> but uh, that's you know that's part of the reason we want to have you on. We need uh, we need the doctor to come in and fix this thing. So uh, you know we're, we're looking at this stuff and we're looking at and you know I've been talking about this for a couple of weeks and I say it's not just any one thing. You know everybody wants to seek who to blame and and you know on this show we try to look how to how to solve things. But it doesn't look like to me like it's just any one thing. The blocking's been bad. You know, one of the things I've been harping on is these receivers are playing skinny. They're not getting their numbers back to the quarterback uh, to catch the ball. There, there's just there's so much going on here. When you look at this thing, where do you think that the, the Broncos should start in trying to fix this thing? Well, I mean, I, I think it's the same place most people think. I always think I think differently, but I think I think the same as everybody on this. I mean, they really have to take a hard look 
at what they want out of their quarterback. I mean, it is a quarterback-centered league. Everybody knows that. And I just thought if you're going to pay that guy to come in, and I'm a big Russell Wilson fan. I still think he has it. But I believe this. I believe if Tom Brady goes to the wrong guy and doesn't have the right OC and quarterback coach, he wouldn't have been Tom Brady. I mean, it has to be a match that works with both. And and I just don't think that's what's happening for Russell Wilson right now. And I don't and I you know, I don't know him personally. I know he's supposed to be a real good man. I know Pete Carroll and and I know he's kind of cracked on him lately, but I mean he, he thinks highly of him as a person and uh and, and a lot of people do, and rightly so. And so I doubt it I doubt it's this, but what you know, Russell's gotta buy into what they're doing, but they have to have a good plan. But the other thing is people overlook this. They think just because Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Russell Wilson have been quarterbacks for a long time that they might not need a coach looking over their footwork and some of the things they're doing, helping them with their reads and some of the, and some of the combo routes and how to get to your through progressions faster. But everybody needs a coach because it's hard to be self-aware of things. And, and in my opinion, number one, I don't think they've done a good job with the offensive plan. I think everybody can see that, you know, I mean, literally it's been as bad as you could have hoped it would not be. And second of all, what I see from Russell Wilson is, is he's a little slow. And if you look back at his old films, his old videos, you know, you could see that he processed quickly, got it there, could make plays with his feet when he had to, but he was, a, he, he could be a pocket quarterback, unlike some guys that have had a lot of mobility. And I just don't think he's getting through those enough. I think, he doesn't either understand it or here's the part when I was talking about him being a good person or is not completely buying in and it's making him hesitate. In the NFL, the difference between a two-tenths of a second of a hesitation is the difference between extreme success and extremely, you know, extremely bad. Mm-hmm. And then I look at his footwork and sometimes he knows he's late and he won't even get his he won't even get his lead foot where it needs to be because he knows he's late he's throwing the ball that's what i'm seeing from a coaching standpoint they need somebody to come in there and fix that somebody that he trusts but at the same time it doesn't matter what they do with that offense the way that it is right now uh they throw too many sideways balls and too many uh uh uh, deep low percentage balls and don't use enough play action and they need play action to help that offensive line i mean there it, it just starts a million places yeah, and that, that's sort of the tough thing, and, and we, we've been kind of dissecting it, obviously, throughout the course of the, the year, and uh, just when you think they're figuring a few things out, uh, the, the previous game against the Raiders, they had a 77% completion rate uh, with the quarterback. Russ looked a lot more confident, a lot more uh, consistent, and then you go back there against the Panthers, and it's, it's all back to what we were. So I, I think you're right. There's a lot of things to sort of point to, but if you're going to start with Russ, right? We start with the quarterback. You mentioned the footwork. I mean... Is that something at this moment? We're, we're week thirteen in the season. Uh, don't you think that that's probably been pointed out by now? Don't you think there's a certain amount of if he was going to learn from this coaching staff, he would have learned that by now? No, I, I, I write some articles for Warren Sharp, who's got you know an analytics thing in football, and he consults with a few NFL teams. And a couple of years ago, I was doing pieces on different quarterbacks, and and I was looking through, and I noticed Carson Wentz's footwork was awful. Well, I actually knew somebody on the staff, and I'm like, is anybody, you know, I'm, I'm asking, has anybody pointed that out to them? And they're like, you know, no, a lot of times at these levels, we let these guys, you know, let these guys sort through it. You know, we might point it out, but we don't necessarily try to get them to correct things and things like that. And and I think with a quarterback that's had a lot of success, maybe that's the case. Maybe they, they think 
nowadays everybody's talking about Mahomes throwing, you know, side-armed and not with his feet set and all that kind of stuff. But the bottom line is this. If you're going to be consistent, your lead foot has to take a six-inch step towards your target because that's the momentum of your body and the ball's online. Then you got to worry about high-low. But if you're not and your feet aren't set, your body has to guess as your hips open and it comes around and the ball will be right, left, or high and low. And so the very first thing, I mean, if they hired me as the consultant for the Broncos, the first thing I would do is walk out there with Russ and say, buddy, we've got to fix your feet. So at least when you do in this offense have a throw that needs to be there, that it'll be extremely active. I mean, you know, looking back, and I forgot what game it was, as I look back at you, you, you guys' games, I mean, first of all, you've only had two games where you scored over 20 points, which is unbelievable. I know. But I know. that all said, you know, the the I forgot what game it was when he took y'all down and threw an interception in the end zone. And everybody noticed that he threw an interception in the end zone. The guy, I was open, coming across from the right to the left mm-hmm. as your as your Russell Wilson looking. And uh, he threw the ball probably three feet behind. And on any kind of a crossing route, a dig route, anything like that, a deep over route behind his death mm-hmm. because if you beat your guy, he's behind you. Right. And he threw it behind. And if you'll look, and I looked at it over and over because I've done some stuff with people in the NFL and I've got access to some things, but I looked at it over and over and his left foot was, I mean, he was, he was square to the target. His left foot was way left of his right foot. He was, his hips were open and you're having to guess where you're throwing the ball. It's not going to go where your simple weight transfer goes. And the ball's behind, and it's intercepted. He made the right decision. He threw the ball when he should. He simply threw a bad ball. And it doesn't look bad because people are like, well, I mean, you know, it's a foot and a half behind where he wanted to throw it. A foot and a half in the NFL is different between winning and losing many, many times, and it was in that case. But if, if he could be a little more accurate, but, but that's what happens when you start losing. You start trying to fix 500 other things. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, and you sort of get that quicksand feeling too, because you're struggling, you're trying to fix everything all at once, and it just makes everything worse because you're you know you dividing your attention even more, you know, among those things. Uh, you know, how much of Russell Wilson's mechanics can be attributed to maybe a lack of faith in the offensive line at this point because he's taken so many hits and sacks back there? That is a fantastic point. Ninety nine is the answer to that. Ninety nine percent. I mean, every single quarterback in the NFL. Every single one of them, when they're under pressure, the, the, the numbers show, because now they've got analytics that show all this stuff, uh, numbers show that every quarterback is worse under pressure. Every single one of them, okay? And they don't have this, but I've done my own little work on this. You know, if you hit a quarterback early in the game, just watch. Their, their mechanics are me- messed up because they want to hurry and get the ball out, and they won't even take that extra – tenth of a second to step where they're supposed to to get their back foot set when they're under pressure and now that the Mahomes has come along and the Stafford with the sidearm throws and and Josh Allen that can throw off his back foot or side foot still throw a rocket it's become socially coach acceptable for guys not to have their feet set and that's all fine if you can do it consistently but the first thing quarterbacks do when they get pressure which is what Russ has been under since we started this whole deal is is, is go, golly, I'm under pressure. When I do see something, I've got to get the ball out. Mm. Or they get in the habit of, I'm about to get sacked, i got to avoid the sack, i get the ball out. And then their mechanics go bad. Because now it's not about taking that extra split second. 
And half the time, they don't even think they can get their feet set on the drop because they wonder where it's going to come from next. Well, then what do you do? You start looking down to see if anybody is coming to see if you can get set up. When that's counter, that's counterproductive because if you do that, you look down, that's an extra two-tenths of a second that you weren't looking downfield at your progression in the first place. I mean, look at Tom Brady this year. You know, his numbers aren't nearly the same. Look at his offensive line. They're 30th in the league in pass blocking and win rate. And he, and and so what did he do? He's decided, I'm going to throw the ball. So he's throwing the ball the least air yards down the field that he has ever in his career. Well, quarterbacks, the point is, quarterbacks compensate for that lack of time. Russ has decided, I'm trying to run the offense. I'm not going to take time to get set and have good mechanics. You know, Brady's decided, I'm going to stay with my mechanics, but I'm just going to decide where the ball is going to go probably 85% of the ball time in the pre-snap and get rid of it so I, I don't get sacked. And because he knows sacks kill drives too, and that's how he's overcompensated. And then you look and you see their results and their numbers are, are, are very similar, but both of them attributed to poor win rate by your pass blockers. Kevin Kelly joining us. Okay, so on that, that adjustment, one of the things we've been talking about is getting Russ back out on, uh, on the move, right? Move in the pocket if you have to, but if nothing else, get Russ moving out of the pocket at times, scram- getting, getting some of those boot action. I don't know, half-field reads if you have to, but I, I, I'm so used to seeing Russell Wilson operate an offense with his feet, more or less, right? We were just talking about planting in the pocket. Well, hey, if, if you're not going to do a good job of that, let's get you out of the pocket. Let's get you doing some other things. And again, I know the footwork still matters. I know it matters. But is, is there an adjustment to be made there? Well, the, the first place to adjust on that is you have to do, uh, you know, you guys have probably played Madden football on uh, PlayStation, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you can push a button and lay the lines of the receiver's routes down on the field, you know? And the best way, I point that out because for a quarterback, what they have to do is visually walk up there and get those in their head, light out all the routes, lay down against that defense, the leverage of the defenders, and they can get what I've always called, and nobody else calls it this, but I call it a probably. This means based off how they're aligned, this is who I'm probably going to throw to. Mm-hmm. If you have a smart quarterback, they're going to be right on that 75% of the time. So what I say is if you've got a really good probably and you feel like, okay, I'm probably right on this one, then you drop back and immediately start your foot towards that guy and even your arm motion. And if you're right, you continue and you throw the football. The ball's out in two seconds on a route, and you're rolling. If it's not, you bring it down real quick, get your feet real set, and go to your next one if somebody jumped it or if you were incorrect. And what that does is it serves as a good pump fake, too, which often draws defenders out of good coverage also. And so what I think he needs to do is is I think they knew he needs to and they need to do a better job of two things. One, his pre-snap thought processes, because that's what's going to speed up getting the ball out more than anything else. And number two, the routes and the play design they've got. I mean, I've seen so many third shorts where they haven't had less than 10 yards. And I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, just play design alone, you need somebody shorter than that. And because if nothing else, they'll jump that and you can run a guy right behind him on a slant or a dig or whatever. That'll be open because everybody jumps the short stuff on third down and stands at the markers. And just 
you know, they don't do any clearing and guys under, you know, if it's third and 10, give the guy a chance. You've got two choices. You can throw fade, uh, three choices. You can throw fade, which are very low percentage. I mean, Calvin Johnson caught 18% of all fades mm-hmm. thrown to him, and he's probably the best ever. So you can throw fades, which is dumb because it's low percentage, and I'm not putting my drive on an 18% completion rate with Calvin Johnson. I sure ain't putting it on there with anybody else. Mm-hmm. Number two, you can run uh, comeback routes, and a lot of guys sit on those. And number three, you can run clearing and under routes. You know, run your uh, uh, run your uh, uh, your slot receiver on a clearing route deep, and run your outside guy on a dig across. That way, a guy can't sit on the comeback, and uh, so you got you got a two way go off those things, and you cleared the safety out with a slot receiver. So now you've given him a real chance for an open. The key to successful, I mean, extremely successful high percentage quarterbacking is route design and play design and getting the guys an extra three feet open or four feet or five feet open to give your quarterback a little bit of room for error. And I don't see that at all in the Broncos play design. Yeah, it, it looks almost oversimplistic. It looks like they've got one, you know, one route that's a clear out or a snag, you know, and, and then they're running, they're, they're keying it for something underneath. It's some kind of outbreaking route, you know, at middle or, or, or deeper depth than they probably need. Uh, at this point, and that's the overwhelming majority of plays that, that they, they run out there. It was uh, it's kind of the bread and butter the same way Dagger was the bread and butter for Pat Shermer and Teddy Bridgewater last year. And uh, it just it, it feels like everybody's figured that out. And they're just camped, you know, camped waiting for the outbreak route, uh, you know, from the Broncos on this. You, you, I want to go back to something real quick, though. You were talking about, uh, you know, it, reading it coming up to the, uh, to the line. I always had a problem with overthinking stuff. You know, when I was sitting there on the center, and the best way they ever got me out of my head was just, you know, try to hurry, speed things up, and get us into a, a tempo offense and you go you go back to football instinct is that even possible at the nfl level well it's really not it's really not instinct it's called thin slicing Mm -hmm. and and what what you have to do is you have to trust your brain has seen it and knows it without you being consciously processing it and guys that have dropped back enough and been in enough games and russell wilson falls into that category and had success if they trust themselves they could run a play and i know it because i've done it with high school and college kids and if those guys can do it, where you run a play within five seconds of, of the play clock starting, mm-hmm. and that, that was a lot of times my goal when I wanted to change the speed of the game, you know, they can do that. They can process. If high school and college kids can do it, Russell Wilson can do it. And what you do, you know, and, and, and that's what I've been amazed at, is they haven't switched up and tried a bunch of different things when they see it's going bad. I mean, you know, after the first two games, I was looking, I'm like, golly, it's just not going well. And then after the third, fourth, and fifth game, I'm like, okay, it's really not going well. Well, heck, then you're sitting here and you look and you're last, you know, you've been you've been in this offense now for 12 games or whatever, and your last five games are 9, 21, 10, 16, and 10 points. You need to switch something to freak up. And if that means changing tempos and going ultra fast, which is counterintuitive to people in the NFL, because but you can lock people into coverages if you think his processing is not there. You can lock people into coverages if you go ultra fast. You can lock people into a certain blitz, certain leverages. You can definitely keep them from um, changing personnel, and that gives you the advantage that you think you might lose by going fast. Coach Kelly, always great. We absolutely need to have you back on here in a couple of weeks, uh, probably closer to the end of the season when we get a chance to sort of wrap things up. Really appreciate the time, though. Fantastic insight. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate it, man. I'm a big Broncos fan uh, and uh, big Russell Wilson fan too. So I'm, I, I may be a little biased, but I still think he's the guy. And and uh, you know, and, and like I say, I, I think if you'll look at their win rates 
blocking, you'll see that his and Tom Brady's are, are very different and Tom's having the same kind of problem he is. And, mm-hmm. and neither one of them have any problems, arm mechanics or arm strength or anything like that. And, uh, so, so go Broncos and man, I hope they turn it around and, and, uh, and, and have some success going out of this year and into the next year. So, so everybody doesn't jump ship and, you know, the fans need to stay behind these guys because I, I think they're, I think they're giving it their all. They're just not, they're just not, don't have a great plan right now. I think that's really well said. Coach Kelly, thank you so much. Thank you all for having me. Appreciate you guys. I yep. appreciate it. Kevin Kelly. Great, great stuff. We'll put that full interview up at broncoscountrytonight.com. When we come back, George Stoya from the Gazette is going to join us in the studio. It's Broncos Country Tonight on KOA. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.